I play. I play. I play for the National League. For the American League. I play to win. To, to win. win. We will win. win. We, we will, will win. win. Good morning and welcome to episode 238 of Effectively Wild, the daily podcast from Baseball Prospectus. I'm Sam Miller with Ben Lindbergh. I hope everybody had a very nice long weekend. And Ben, are you glad to be back? Very glad. It's been too long. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we're going to do something a little different today and then we're also going to have a topic. My topic is uh, tobacco chewing tobacco, and uh, Ben's topic requires some explanation. So, Ben, why don't you just go ahead and explain? Okay. Uh, My topic is inspired by a listener email that we wanted to do a little more in-depth than we could on the listener email show. Uh, So this question comes from Burke. He says, Dear Ben and Sam, with All-Star Game voting ending this week, I figured I'd impart a strategy to you and your listeners that I found to be more entertaining than useful much like this podcast. For years, I have thoroughly enjoyed voting for the worst players on the ballot in the American League. Perhaps this is my loyal allegiance to the St. Louis Cardinals coming through, but as long as the All-Star game determines home field advantage in the World Series, I want the National League to win. At the very least, I don't want to cast my vote for the best American League players. This could be a form of silent protest against the current All-Star game format, as I feel World Series home field advantage should be based on regular season record and not an exhibition. Um, this actually seems like a suboptimal strategy to me. It does. It's horrible, right? <laughs> well, if it if it you want to you want to vote for the like the 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 worst player with a chance. Yes, right. Like if it's a silent protest, then I guess. Uh, well, if it's a silent protest, though, you wouldn't vote because otherwise, Bud Seeley gets to hold your vote up and say eight million people voted. Yes, whatever automated bot that that collects the ballots probably won't. Pass on to you, uh, pass on to Bud Selig your, <laughs> your, your gesture. Um, so yeah, you would want to vote. The, the machine just starts blowing smoke, <laughs> right. explodes. There's a there's a big alarm in Bud Selig's office that says somebody is doing ironic voting. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. So you'd want to vote for for the person who's close enough to win, but is not as good. Uh, so that might actually hurt the team if he made it. Uh, but anyway, uh, Burke goes on. That said, I do chuckle each year when I click the submit ballot icon and think of the horrific AL players for whom I voted. It's usually a mixed feeling of pity and be- bewilderment over far how far some of these guys have fallen to literally the bottom of starter consideration. I'm curious to know if you guys have ever willingly voted for the worst players on an all-star ballot. I have not. Uh, I have. Oh, okay. And even for, for just this reason, yeah. And even more fun, who would be your picks for the worst players on this year's ballot? Uh, so we have made our picks for the worst players on this year's ballot, and uh, I'm always well. It, it's always I don't know what the process is for picking which players appear on the ballot. Uh, so the team the team chooses the team sends in their okay. their slate, and they do this. They do it in spring training, and so that can lead to some strange yes. things because a lot of times, like Kendry's Morales, I believe, was on instead of Trumbo one year because in spring training they weren't sure whether he'd be back, uh, and so they they submitted their their slate with Morales on it. So you'll have instances uh, where you know there's guys who occasionally you'll get somebody who's not on the team anymore or who's been waived. Actually, probably there's I'm sure there's somebody like that. This year, because guys have been waived. Yeah, uh, sure. And guys who haven't played all year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, guys who haven't played. You know, Corey Hart. I see yep. jumps out at me as yep. a guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the criteria for 
Yeah, so a lot of times when I was making my picks, I was trying to decide whether whether a player was less deserving who had not played at all. I mean, whether it's whether it's better to uh, play not at all than it is to play very, very poorly. Um, Age-old question. Yes, right. Uh, so we'll start. I guess I'll, I'll just very quickly read the last names so that you'll know who the options are. Otherwise, uh, we'll, we'll probably get emails about on. why we didn't pick someone. You're going to read every player on the ballot? <laughs> Is that a bad idea? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I was thinking we could go position by position because otherwise we'll get emails from people telling us that so-and-so was worse than so-and-so and and it'll be because he wasn't on the ballot. I guess, okay. You're going to read 270 names? (laughs) Just last names. (laughs) It's only 275 words. Um, No. Okay, fine. All right, so before you email us to say that we missed someone, uh, do us a favor, go look at the ballot and make sure that that person was actually eligible before you complain. Is that fair? Yeah, I mean, don't don't email us. <laughs> well. About about such a thing. Okay. Email us email That's us love option. and Yeah, and sure. Sure. Um, okay. So AL first base. Yeah. So you know what? I think this is the reason that I agreed to this is that uh, Brett Wallace is on the ballot. Yes. And uh, and I just felt like at some point we needed to just kind of everybody just acknowledge what a fun tradition this all-star voting is that that right now right now brett wallace has votes like he doesn't have a lot of votes he's not going to make it but there are people and not just ironic voters there are people who genuinely chose brett wallace as their al first baseman for some reason astros they're fans. all astros fans i would think, they are they are they of course they're all astros fans of brett wallace and yet and yet, there are people who don't know Brett Wallace personally, who have no personal stake in his, uh, you know, in his career, uh, and yet who, <clears throat> of all the baseball players in the world, of all of them, they want to see Brett Wallace in the All-Star Game. This is an amazing thing. Can you imagine how good you'd feel about yourself if there were, like, thousands of strangers who were saying, you are the best first baseman in the world, Brett Wallace. <laughs> it would be I don't amazing. think I would feel that good about it because that's not really what they're saying, right? No one thinks that. Mm, they're just some... saying, I want I want my team to be better represented. There are probably a handful of four-year-olds who do yes, believe that's, that. Yes, there may be, yeah, there are probably people who have seen uh, Brett Wallace hit very well for the Oklahoma City Redhawks this year. Yeah, and are excited that he's back in the majors and want to see him in the All Star game. I mean, just about every team's fans in baseball has uh, rooted for Brett Wallace at some point. Yes, that's true. Uh, so when we talked about we we talked about Wallace early this season. It's not a bad time to catch up on him, right? Because he was having at that point uh, the worst, I, I, probably the worst start we had ever seen, the worst mm-hmm. performance that we'd ever seen, and. Uh, and uh, he had struck out in 17 of 24 at bats and had one one single, and we were kind of kind of enjoying it and kind of really not enjoying it. Mm-hmm. And then he he got sent down, and and he's back up, and he's got a few hits and not quite so many strikeouts. No, um, not, and not even over- a bad strikeout rate since he was recalled. No, no, not not bad at all. I mean, not especially for the Astros. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he's still not doing well. Um, and I, I would say that he hasn't done anything to <clears throat> make you think he's going to be a valuable part of anybody's team. 
but at least, um, you know, he's passed some sort of bar of credibility. Yeah. Probably. How did he do? How did he do in Oklahoma City? Uh, very well. Uh, and this is PCL, obviously, and he's a 26-year-old in AAA. Um, he hit 326, 398, 554. Um, I'm guessing adjusted that wouldn't be that great for a for a first baseman um but he he almost hit as many he almost hit as many home runs in those two months as he's hit in his career as a major leaguer yep almost mm-hmm. i mean he got he got like 70 percent of the way there yeah yeah so uh there wasn't really anyone <laughs> all that close i don't think on the ballot well no there's there's not, but there is a person I would say arguably is close on the NL side. Okay, let's do the NL side. So uh, Casey Kochman, sleeper worst sleeper for worst season yeah. we've ever seen. So this is this is where you have to choose between Corey Hart, who hasn't played at all. Um, I think, well, see, Casey Kochman has barely played and has played poorly in in his very very minimal playing time. So I guess. That would be worse than Corey Hart, probably. But there's also Ike Davis to consider. Mm, there is. I think there I, is. I think Ike Davis is my pick. He's he's done more more damage. He's done more damage, but only because he's been given ten times the opportunities. Yes. I mean, but, I'm looking at this. I'm looking at this right now, and Casey Kochman has the same WAR as Brett Wallace. He has well, he's got negative seven WAR in twenty plate appearances. <laughs> That's like over the course of a season, over the course of a full season, that would be negative 20 war. Yeah, uh, that's true. I We've think... never seen that before. <laughs> we have not. Um, <coughs> yeah, I, I think I would still go with, with Davis. Uh, I don't know. I mean, how much of Kochman's negative 0.7 war is defense? Uh, this like, is I ridiculous. Think, <laughs> ridiculous. Like, what? Virtually none. He's played like two games. <laughs> it's that he's 0 for 20. Yeah. Okay. One run is defense. So one seventh. All right. Is defense. Although I guess two sevenths if you include a positional, the positional factor maybe. Well, you guys. I guess you have to. He's negative. I like that he's he's uh he's negative. He's negative one fielding. He's negative zero on position, so he's not a run yet, but he's 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 getting there. And he's also negative zero on base running. Just just to make it clear that you don't look at that zero and see neutral. They want you to know that that zero is also on the wrong side of zero. It's a it's it's zero for show only. We all know the truth. Well, according to to Warp, he is only negative point six. Oh, uh, he's also negative zero for double plays. He's got no positive zeros. <laughs> um, he has granted into one double play in I think, six games. Well, I, I'm not really factoring in... Uh, the double plays? Well, no, I'm not, definitely not factoring that in. But I'm not factoring in... I guess I'm not, I'm not penalizing someone for how he's been played uh-huh. or, or hasn't played... Uh, yeah, if, if you if remove Kochman, well, if Kochman had been given or hadn't been hurt and had been given as many plate appearances as Davis, he would have almost certainly been better as bad as he is. 
It's a tricky question because if you remove, if you subtract Kochman's performance from Davis's performance, you still have a terrible performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just out of curiosity, though, and maybe it's because you're looking at, at Warp and, and I'm not, but uh, why did you choose Wallace over Paul Canerco? Uh... On the list I'm looking at has Paul Canerco at a uh, more negative Warp than... Uh, Hmm. More negative war than Wallace. I don't know. Maybe I was looking at a different list or... Hmm. Could also go Todd Helton, by the way. Yeah, that's not a bad pick either. Um, yeah, I guess that's maybe kind of inconsistent, but I'm sticking with it. Could also go Brandon Belt based on the calls to KNBR. <laughs> right, yeah, okay. Uh, all right, let's move on to second base AL. Uh, okay, go ahead. Name a name. Okay, we've got. I guess we've got sort of the same discussion here. We've got S- Scott Skysmore, uh basically hasn't played. We've got Brian Roberts, who hasn't played much at all, but has played well in his limited playing time. We've got Dustin Ackley, who played poorly enough to be demoted to the minors, but maybe contributed something on defense, and I'm not going to pick him. Um I think I will go with Sizemore. There are there are other bad players on this list. There's Getz is on this list. Gordon Beckham is on this list. Jamie Carroll is on this list. This is a bad list. Uh, yeah. But I think I'll go with, with Sizemore. Uh, I would like to see this list divided between the good and the bad, and then they play each other, and that decides who gets home field advantage uh-huh. for the World Series. Like, I would just like to see the worst players go... That would actually be a better All-Star game. If they put the worst players... No, it wouldn't. <laughs> Change, it changed my mind. It was going somewhere, and then it stopped going there. Mm. Uh, I'm going to go... Uh, I'm going with Jamie Carroll. Okay. Defensible pick. Um, NL? Uh... You go. I'm going to take Danny Espinoza. Uh, oh gosh, yeah, you, you pretty much have to, <laughs> I would yes. think. Uh, I feel like, um, I feel like, I, I feel like to, to some degree, I, I can't decide whether to give more credit or less credit to actual good players who are doing so badly. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like, so for instance, we're not to shortstop yet, although maybe we'll just wrap this into shortstop too. Mm-hmm. Um, as we talked about a couple days ago, Starlin Castro has been, you know, arguably the worst player in baseball. Yes, um, he is my NL pick. He, he, but I mean, you don't actually believe he's worse than Clint Barmas. No, you think he? It's the, think it's we, the flip side, right? I mean, the flip side of the, the the question of how do you vote for the good players? Do you vote yeah, for the best? Yeah, which for the, we talked about once a while yeah, ago. And my so, my philosophy is more not not considering true talent and just rewarding or punishing players for their first half in isolation gosh see i don't i don't i don't know i don't i don't like to do that it's certainly not in isolation i like to at least factor in both so so yeah. for me I don't but, but on the other but, all-star exercise if i if i could i would just take the most interesting players or the players i'd want to see play most or uh so we we should answer the question of how a person who wants to protest the all-star game should protest the all-star game because I don't actually know the best way to do it. I mean, clearly, it seems to me that participating, ironically, in the um, in the traditions of it, probably is unlikely to get the message across. But you know, you also boycotting it. You're only one person. You can't really, you know, 
can't really get your voice out there that way either. I don't. Do you think there is a way to protest the All Star Game? Um, if you if you wanted to, I mean, like I'm I'm assuming that that the that the person who asked this question does not have a problem with the All Star Game in general. He wants mm-hmm. it to be better. He wants to get his message across to Major League Baseball that he would like it to be the way it used to be. And so how do you do that? Is there a good protest format? Probably not. Anyway, that's a that's a question we won't resolve today. <laughs> uh, uh, yes. So I'm going to go uh, – I'm going to go – I see, I think it's the opposite. I think that in this case uh, you, you actually choose the best talent even if he hasn't been quite as bad this year because mm-hmm. he's more disappointing. He's more pathetic. So I'm going Ricky Weeks. Okay. Um, I think <coughs> – Echevarria might be my second guy on that list. Uh, uh, oh, you're, oh, you're talking second base still. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, so who's your NL shortstop then, if not Castro? Well, I mean, by by the logic that I just set, I would say Starlin Castro. But I, uh, I, yeah, yeah. Oh gosh, I will say. I'm actually going to completely just change my my way of deciding <laughs> and say uh, Clint Barmus. Okay. Um, and AL? Um, AL, I would go with Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter's got to make every All-Star team. (laughs) Yes, uh, I would take Jeter as well. Uh, third base, AL. Uh, Lonnie Chisenhall, which, uh, Chisenhall is an, is sort of the Brett Wallace of third baseman, uh, was just so terrible that he got sent down, and then he had like a 70,000 OPS in AAA, mm-hmm. and he got called back up, and he has been slightly better, but not really much better. Um, and uh, happened to happened to have a little bit of a personal stake in Chisholm Hall this year. Don't want to get too specific, <laughs> but uh, I do watch Chisholm Hall at bats particularly closely, huh. and he is a disaster of a baseball player in my mind, unfortunately, because I'm I'd still like to see him turn it around. I don't think he's bad enough. Uh, I think... Keppy? I th- yeah, I think yeah, I take Keppinger, who has played more second base than third base, I think, but is eligible at third. I would take Keppinger. All right, I will give back Lonnie Chisholm's uh, dignity. Uh-huh. He may he may have it back. I apologize to him. Okay. And I also will take Jeff Keppinger. All right, NL third base? Uh, I will take Lonnie Chisholm. <laughs> uh, no, it's Luis Cruz is the yes. Luis Cruz. As far as I can tell, Luis Cruz is the starter at every position he's eligible for. So, yep. uh, at, at any position he's eligible for, he is. Chris he Nelson is, the, is a contender. Uh, he, he's uh, is he? Uh, yeah, I don't know. He's on the Angels and he seems to get a lot of at bats. So traded and picked up off waivers already. Multiple, season. yeah, multiple uh, times. No, Luis Cruz is the captain. Luis Cruz is the manager of the team. He's the trainer. Uh-huh. We'll try to try to have him appear at every position at some point in the game. Um, okay, catcher AL. Uh, you go. Montero. Uh, yeah, Montero is a good one. Montero fits all the criteria. There's yes. something nice about. Uh, JPR and CBA is like 230 on base percentage. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how he does it. Too much power though to beat out uh, Montero. Way too much power. Yeah. Uh, it's it's Montero and Montero is so disappointing too. Yes, he has that going for him also. <laughs> and uh, on the NL side, mm-hmm. uh, 
how's Buster Posey doing this year? <laughs> no. I, um, I'm, I'm looking at these names and none of them are jumping out at me. Rob Brantley? Yes. I'm going to take Rob Brantley. Uh, I've watched him quite a bit and not impressed by his. This is catching. this is a pretty good. This is a good crop. The NL has a good crop of third basemen. Of uh, sorry, of catchers. Yeah, um, yeah. There's I might... Wellington Castillo, our our favorite Ryan Hannigan. Unfortunately, is is having a pretty bad year. Um, he just caught a no hitter. Yes, uh, Miguel Montero down year. Oh yeah, Montero. Yeah, Montero is my pick. Really? Mon- yeah, Montero's my pick. Oh, He's- because of expectations? Really. Because of expectations, Brantley. and also because of momentum. He had like a good first two weeks, and since then it's been just in- in just insanely bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, I'm sticking with Brantley. Um, DH. Um, I, gosh, uh, Chris Young. Yeah, why is he eligible there? Because <laughs> they have like <laughs> they had like nine outfielders. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm gonna go with I think Nolan Reimold, who, who, who kind of combines the not playing with the playing poorly when he played. I wonder why. Chris, oh yeah, Nolan Reimold's a good pick. Oh my goodness, is he a good pick? <laughs> he is a very good pick. Uh, I think it's clear which of us did their research. Before the, before this topic, you could go Victor Martinez. Yes, definitely. You probably could. should. You actually probably should go Victor Martinez. You probably should go Victor Martinez. I think that you and I both, we actually have gotten a couple of questions about Victor Martinez and why is he still playing. Mm-hmm. And I think you and I are both uh, like holdouts because you saw that one thing that one time about how he's hit a lot of <laughs> balls hard. <laughs> Like, didn't, like, Statman give you some data that he had hit more hard balls than, like, uh, anybody in baseball? But Yeah, I don't know how much I trust that. I think that was, uh, yeah, that was a, a Mark Simon stat that he tweeted. Um, <clears throat> but it's more just because he's, like, never been bad at hitting, mm-hmm. <laughs> ever, when he's mm-hmm. healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's just really strange, and I can't get over it. Uh why is Chris Young so bad? That's a weird thing. Isn't that a weird thing? Uh, yeah, it's kind of a weird thing. Um, I mean, he's never been—he's never been nearly. I don't know. I just feel bad for GMs. That's I guess what I'm saying with, with Chris <laughs> Young is I just feel really bad because there's just no way of knowing that most of these guys were going to do this. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, well, there are a lot of Mets outfielders on this list. And they were you probably probably saw it coming that they weren't going to be so good. Um, but yes, most of the players on this list were expected to be starting players, and most starting players are not expected to be completely terrible. So yes. So uh, Unieski Betancourt not on the ballot. Yeah, that was a disappointment to me. I guess people didn't conceive of the possibility that he would play as much as he has, which uh-huh. seems reasonable. All right, so outfield. Okay, uh, in the AL, I'm going to take Frank Corr. Seems like a, a gimme pick. Uh, yes. Ankiel seems pretty automatic uh-huh. to me. And uh-huh. I think I'm going to take Viciedo over Hicks for my third spot. Yeah. Uh, all good? Yeah. Got, I got no problem with any of those. Mm-hmm. I, don't have, I don't have a strong replacement candidate for any of them, so I'll... 
Yeah. I'll, con- I'll concede. Okay. And National League. And <clears throat> is Tyler Moore on there? Uh, he's not, I don't think. Yeah. Is is Mark Kotze on there? Nope. Bummer. I really, really <laughs> want to vote for Mark Kotze. <laughs> uh, I actually want to put Josh Hamilton on uh, for the AL. So I'm going to take, uh, I'll take Viciedo off. Okay. I thought about that. Certainly relative to what he's being paid and what people expected out of him, he's he's deserving. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, geez, is Eric Young on there? No, nah, he wouldn't be. No, I don't think so. I'm I'm gonna take. Uh, there are there are multiple players who haven't played or have barely played. There's I mean there's Adam Eaton who hasn't played at all, so he's a candidate. There's Ryan Ludwig who got hurt on opening day and hasn't played since. I think I will take, take I don't know one of those. I guess I'll take, uh, so I'll take Eaton, and then I'll take Kirk Neuenhuis. I think, just feels like there has to be a Mets outfielder on the team. Yeah. And for the final spot, I think, I mean, certainly if you're gonna put Hamilton on, I feel like you kind of have to put B.J. Upton on. Yeah, Upton's an easy one. But I. I'm not going to put him on. I think I'm going to put one Pierre on. Just, I don't know. Upton is a, he's still a center fielder. And that matters to me. You know, early in the season, uh, we were talking about Upton and Justin Upton and whether it was too early (laughs) to declare victory. And (laughs) it was. It was, which is what exactly what we said. We were we were right about that one. But one thing that I said in that discussion was that I bet that BJ Upton will have a month this year mm-hmm. where he has a better OPS than Justin Upton, mm-hmm. and how different the narrative would have been if that month had happened to come in April instead of you know June or whatever. And I think I'm 99% sure that that happened in June. Well done. Um... I'm going with uh, with Upton. And uh, Cameron Mabin. Yep, he's another. And and uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, you got to go with Newenheist, right? I think so. <laughs> Newenheist is Newenheist might be the worst hitter in baseball who has as many plate appearances as Newenheist has this year. Yeah, Mike Baxter is also on this list, <laughs> but but Newenheist is worse. Is Luis Cruz by chance <laughs> <laughs> not eligible? <laughs> Could make a little bit of a case for Delman Young, but it's a, it's a, it's not a, a, it's a stat head case. You know, you have to. Yeah, no, he's he's hit too well to be on. This he's list. hit too well to be. Yeah, but he has performed poorly enough to be on this list. Mm-hmm. Well, you're right. Cruz is the he's the Mariano Rivera of this team. Like we have to get him into the game at a prominent at a prominent time. All right, let's end this conversation. Okay, what was your tobacco topic? So Josh Hamilton uh, is uh, apparently back to chewing tobacco after taking uh, almost a year off from it. And you remember last year that he blamed some of his slump on tobacco withdrawal. Mm -hmm. And there was even some criticism, although maybe not from legitimate people. Although I think I vaguely recall from a couple of Rangers writers, but maybe it was just Rangers fans that, you know, he shouldn't have done it during the season, that it was... Uh, it was yeah, unfair to that. his team. Mm-hmm. And um, so anyway, now he's back on it. Uh, and an L.A. Times writer, Mike DiGiovanna, who's very good, uh, noticed this, also noticed that Hamilton's hitting better. And so he asked Hamilton if he was chewing again. 
which he knew he was, uh, but he asked Hamilton, and Hamilton said no comment. And then he asked Hamilton whether he felt, whether the player felt that there was a correlation between his hitting better and tobacco use. And Hamilton was kind of snippy at him, at least according to the words that were quoted. He said, I don't know what you're talking about. It could be anything. It could be one of those protein bars. Is this really a story? And so I just want to know whether you think that there's, uh, whether Hamilton has any, I mean, generally I think that we feel like players deserve some degree of privacy. Do you think that they deserve any privacy on an issue like this, where he has both talked about it publicly in the past and where, uh, whether he has or not, it's something that he is doing on the field of play in front of everybody and that, you know, he has previously, well, I guess we're back to that he's talked about it, but where he has previously linked it to his performance. So mm-hmm. do you have any, do you have any issue with a reporter bringing it up? And do you have any issue with Hamilton chewing again, I guess? I don't know. <laughs> 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 um, I have no issue with it being brought up. No. Um, just because it was a story before Hamilton, I guess, helped make it a story before. So no, seems like totally fair game to me. Uh, also don't particularly care that he, <laughs> I really don't care whether he does that or not. I, I mean, what's the idea is that what children are going to get the wrong lesson that you, that you chew tobacco and become a major leaguer. And then the sort next of. generation of Americans gets throat cancer. I, I, I mean, kind of eh. like, I don't know. As long I as he's not endorsing it, as long as he's not coming out and doing commercials for chewing tobacco and saying hey kids this is i'm josh hamilton major leaguer and this is why i'm made the major leagues uh it's not something i would even notice like players are just always chewing and spitting stuff and i don't pay i don't really draw any distinction between what they're chewing and spitting um i don't really notice whether they're doing gum or i mean i'll I'll notice if it's sunflower seeds or something but if there's just a wad of something that they are spitting uh i'm not really aware of what it is i don't particularly care what it is yeah i yeah i agree i agree with all that but so let me ask you if you agree that it's a fair question to ask yes you you also don't really care so if you were a reporter if you were the la times beat writer for the angels would you ask it yeah Probably, <laughs> which uh-huh. is why I'm glad I'm not a beat writer, I guess. I mean, you have to, you have to, if you're a beat writer, you have to write constantly. You have to cover every every piece of minutia about a team or probably one of your competitors will. Um, and you're just always looking for material. And this seems like a, a story that's fair to write about. So, yeah, if I noticed, I would probably bring it up and then hate my job. Yeah, yeah. Well, Hamilton's pretty available to the press too. I think I'm not sure. I mean, probably Mike's Mike's really good, so probably Mike would. But like, I think a lot more reporters would probably be comfortable bringing it up with Hamilton than with some other players. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Do you think ten years from now there will be tobacco in baseball? Do you think fifty years from now there will be tobacco in baseball? I don't even know how much t- tobacco in baseball there is now. Is there? I don't know. I th- yeah, I don't. I Wasn't, think there's a lot. So, what was the new CBA banned, like making it visible or something? Wasn't there a rule about not like having to leave it somewhere or something? Like you couldn't 
take it on the field or display it or there was something. Do you remember anything about like that? Uh, I just Googled quickly. The takes me to a Craig Calcaterra post called the new CBA requires players to hide their smokeless tobacco. Um, so I don't know what the final CBA said, but this is uh, kind of an old story. Players, managers, and coaches will be prohibited from using smokeless tobacco during televised interviews and club appearances. In addition, at any time when fans are permitted in the ballpark, players, managers, and coaches must conceal tobacco products, including packages and tins, and may not carry tobacco products in their uniform or on their bodies. Individuals who violate the policy will be subject to discipline. The parties also agreed upon an extensive program of education and public outreach regarding the dangers of smokeless tobacco. I yeah, I don't have a I find it a strange thing to watch not because I have a, any great personal concern for these players. It's just that I it always bl- sort of blows me away that like these are their jobs and their jobs are so different than other jobs mm-hmm. that like they're like you, you know, you know me, I'm also very obsessed with the fact that they chew gum all the time. Yeah. <laughs> like it seems so weird to me that they're the one job in the world where they all chew gum like they're yep. seven year olds. <laughs> it's so weird to me that they're just constantly chewing gum. Like and not even like Wrigley's, they're chewing like bubble gum. And like old men, like managers, are all chewing gum all the time. So that's mainly what I think the tobacco thing is weird. I mean, there's no I've I've worked in a lot of offices and I've never seen anybody chewing tobacco. It just feels weird to me. It is very weird. They also use profanity and they yell at each other and they get in fights. These are all such strange things to me, <laughs> and that's why I'll never probably be a GM. The culture is too different. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, the only that's the only reason though, yeah, because you just couldn't couldn't get your head around the, the gum thing. Yeah. Um, okay. The end. All right. Uh, okay, so send us emails at podcast at baseballperspectus.com. Uh, we will get to them in a couple days.